Hey listeners, Doug Bruner here. Real quick, before we start the show, I wanted to give a shout out to our amazing sponsors who brought this show to you here today. Have you heard of Central Irrigation? Central Irrigation specializes in irrigation system design, installation, and maintenance from a variety of agriculture fields. They are committed to service any farmer's needs, making their services unlimited and diverse. Check them out at centralirrigation.com or Call them at 209-262-3723. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth edition. Actually, four and a half. We uh, started recording, but I guess it didn't work. So um, welcome to the toast. I am Doug Broner, and I'm here with Keith Yamamoto. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I am lucky today to be interviewing a friend as well as a young guy in ag who's really getting after it, Mike Finn. He's uh, currently with the Almond Company, and um, we're excited to have him here today. Young guy, getting after it, kind of has a different perspective on ag. He's not driving a tractor every day. He's not out in the dirt all the time, even though I know he likes to, but he is um, a buyer of almonds, a seller of almonds, and is universal and all those things so again we're excited to have him here happy thanksgiving again to everybody thank you to the farmers who are putting food on our plate everybody remember say a prayer for that and enjoy that keith i want to hand it over to you happy thanksgiving buddy hope your baby's doing good and um yeah thanks thanks dougie uh yeah again happy thanksgiving to everybody uh we're uh, extremely blessed to be able to uh, sit here and record ourselves and have a conversation with some cool people. Today, it's Mike. Um, you know, the biggest difference that I see with Mike with, uh, with other young ag business people is Mike's got a very unique uh, perspective on agriculture because he's not just uh, held down here in the Central Valley. He's worldwide and global in what he does and has to understand different markets, different people, different cultures. And, uh, where, you know, Doug or myself or a lot of the guys we deal business with, you know, it's when we go out of town, we're going to Sacramento or we're going to Bakersfield. But, you know, for Mike, it's, it's London, it's, uh, India, UAE or wherever the hell, you know, almond marketing takes him. So, um, and he's been able to do this at a, uh, a very young age. So it's, that's a pretty unique situation. And, I know I always enjoy uh, talking to Mike about these experiences, and I think um, it'd be great for everybody to hear his perspective on things and some of the cool things he's been able to do early on. So, um, yeah, once again, you know, we got this rain, and we're thankful for that, and happy Thanksgiving. And, you know, so turn it over to Mike here, and thanks for coming on, Mike. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, buddy. You know, uh, I guess to start with, man, I'm uh, super thankful to be here. You know, you guys are doing such cool stuff here with the Ag Center and you guys' podcast. And, you know, I was telling Doug, you know, just kind of racking your brain all the time about what is the Ag Center, mm-hmm. right? What What is the mission of the Ag Center? You know, and I really think, you know, through traveling and through talking to people all over the world, they, they don't know that California has this Ag Belt in it, right? Everybody knows that Everyone knows California, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, mm-hmm. right? And I think that what you guys are doing as young entrepreneurs, uh, young professionals really is putting California agriculture kind of on the map, right? Mm-hmm. Giving it a face, right? I, right. I, I told Doug, I think the Ag Center is making ag 
sexy for people. Right. Right. It is, it is putting it, you know, kind of more in people's face, which I, which I think you guys are doing a great job at. So sure. Yeah. Thanks again yeah, for having thanks. me. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you, important. touching on that, what you spent a lot of time, you maybe you should touch base what you did in London for mm-hmm. a couple of years. I know you live there. What is the misunderstanding or not the understanding of people on California? What, what's their conception of that overseas and, Again, I think I think internationally, I mean, you see like people's shirts of California, right? It's a sun, it's beach, it's stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't understand that there's a that California produces eighty percent of the world's almond supply, right? People don't understand that we have a lot of dairies here, or that we produce a lot of uh, table grapes or wine grapes or anything like that. Um, so I think that uh, it's just a hidden gem that nobody really knows about. Uh, and again, I think that you guys you guys do a great job at that. Thanks for fixing my microphone, Keith. No, you're you're a great technician. Yeah, we need one of those around here, actually, guys. <laughs> Keith's overpaid to be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, again, I think I think the, the 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 world the world doesn't know what's going on here, right? And I think that you guys are providing an awesome platform with a lot of young people doing a lot of cool stuff um, that should be putting that on the map. You know, so again, I just think it's, I think it's awesome. I'm thankful that you guys are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the goal. You know, I mean, ag's got this stigma to it that it's, um, you know, it's barbaric and simple and all this, but it's really complex. We grow a lot of high value crops here and, you know, obviously almonds being a huge one of them. Um, what you, again, what you've seen because you're on the marketing side and the, and you're on, you're closer to the end product, closer to retail where there's higher margins and more resource. Yep. You know, what are the exciting things that you see on that end of the business that maybe all of our local farmer guys or ag service guys might not be exposed to that'd be exciting for them to understand? Maybe it's, you know, demand or maybe yep. it's market growth. What, what is that that you think, Mike? See, I think from a macro perspective, um, I think that, you know, this plant-based protein, you know, this this healthy dieting you know, is really just starting to gain a lot of traction, mm. right? Um, I think I think when you look at almonds as a product, it's, you know, it's so diverse, right? You can do so many different things with almonds. You can dice them, you can manufacture them, right? You can squeeze the fat out and have a high protein powder for milkshakes, right? And I think the exciting part that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about and the opportunity that's on the horizon for the almond industry really is you look at some of these these countries like India that has over a billion people in population you know and it's a fairly young country mm-hmm. right that uh, that age pyramid is kind of uh, inverted right a lot of countries have very few young people and a lot of old people like if you look at Europe you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of elderly people and they're not having children and you know the 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 bottom of the pyramid is very small Right. When you look at India, it actually looks like a pyramid, right? Mm. There's a huge strata of young people in India. And they're right now there there there's a lot of economic mobility. So there's people who are, you know, who've historically been relatively poor, but they're starting to become more wealthy. Mm. Right. So you're barely starting to chip into the Indian consumption for California almonds. Wow. Right. And Cal- and India consumes about ten percent of California's almond supply. Right. So there's just a lot of really cool things that are happening, not just in, you know, again, that that uh, 
that kind of economic growth that people are experiencing, but in product developments. And I mean, there's a guy across the street that's squeezing the fat out of almonds, right? And making a high protein almond flour to make, you know, into like milkshakes and things like that, that wasn't around five years ago. Right. Right. So there's, there's, what, yeah. What are you seeing? Cause I feel like you're going into, I was at my sister's the other night and she has almond like paste. It's like a mayonnaise, right? It's crazy stuff like that that you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. And what do you really, I mean, you feel like uh, the States is really starting to change ingredients, things like that. I mean, you, I think in, in, in the United States, you see a lot more product development, right? You see almonds across so many different product types Um, and, and consumption in the United States currently is changing, right? So, um, consumption in the United States basically last year was flat, mm-hmm. right? It didn't grow as much as everybody had thought. Right. But, you know, when we delve into that, we just think that, you know, maybe the snacking format, right? Almonds in a bag is changing, right? Maybe not so many people are just eating a handful of almond, but they're drinking almond milk or they're eating almond butter or, you know, they are, again, using your sister's like almond mayonnaise, right? So it's just, it's 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 morphing and changing in, in, in places like the Middle East or Europe or, uh, India, right? They're still, you know, if, if I, if I look at India, they're still just eating raw almonds, right? right? They aren't, they haven't, the product development in India hasn't changed like it has in the United States. And in Europe, they really, it's not a snacking product, right? It's still an ingredient into a marzipan that they eat, or it's a blanched slice into a ice cream or into a bakery format. Um, so there's there's still there's still a lot of different ways that people can still consume almonds. Going back to uh, you were talking about you know India, do you see that? Obviously, from what you said, you feel like that's a huge potential market, right? Yeah. It's, we're barely at the tip of the iceberg there. Do you see kind of like how the states are now? It went from a brown skin driven market, yep. you know, raw almond market, which India sounds like it is now. Do you see that market turning into more of an ingredient? market where it's not just brown skins, handful almonds a day type of thing? Or how how do you feel that culture relates to, you know, a more ingredient based demand? So I, I, again, I think as, I I think as that, that, that younger kind of population starts to become more wealthy, Mm -hmm. I think they, they aspire to be more like the West, right? right? They aspire to be more like the United States or Europe, right? So the products that these younger generation is going to be consuming is going to be like uh, granola bars, mm-hmm. right? Or cereals, right? Or almond milks, right? So that eventually will probably get there. It's only kind of in the infancy stages now. There's only a few players in India that are actually, you know, adding value to almonds today, right? right? Where they are changing like the actual makeup of them, mm. you know? Do you see, you see, you kind of said that the United States, the domestic sales or consumption of almonds is flatlined. Do you see that as a trend of it flatlining? Are we saturated? And are the opportunities in the export markets into places like India and in Asia, or what, what? What's your thoughts on you know domestic consumption as a as, as it relates to the the export market? You know, if you just look at countries and kind of the consumption within the countries, um, the United States is by far the largest by per capita consumption. Um, the, the thing the thing with almonds, especially in the United States, is that if the price of cashews gets close to or the same price of almonds, a lot of substitution starts to happen. Got it. Right? So like uh, roasted and salted almonds compared to roasted and salted cashews, right? If you guys had bowls on the table right now, I would, I would be willing to bet that we'd eat the cashews faster than we'd eat the almonds, 
right? So there is there is some substitution that happens, and mm. some people are, are you know. Why do you think that? Just because almonds are always there? No, I think I think it's tastes and preferences of people, right? I mean, I mean, an almond like a characteristic of an almond is so much different than a characteristic of a cashew in right. terms of like the flavor or like the oily, the the creaminess of like a cashew. I myself, I I eat I eat it. I'd eat cashews much more than I would eat almonds personally, right. which doesn't sound right, but, but, but <laughs> that's just reality. the truth. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's what's happening. And, or at least that's what a lot of people believe is, has been happening in the United States. Uh, the cashew price has collapsed quite a bit. Um, and so, you know, retailers are looking at, you know, what am I going to promote? Right. What can I move more volume of? Um, and, uh, when they see, uh, you know, again, cashew price close to, and it can even be higher than almonds, right? They'll start to promote cashews because they can sell more volume. I just feel though the almond marketing is just deep, right? And they've, they entrench themselves and put themselves in a position at all times. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you might get a lower in a price such as cashew or something like that. I just feel I was thinking a deal or whatever, always put your hat in the table, right? In the, you know, always put your number in the hat. Mm-hmm. I always just feel the almonds is always, you know, if you're going to see pistachios on a, on a dinner table, you're also going to see almonds. You right. might see cashews, but you're also going to see almonds. Almonds right. are everywhere. The Almond Board of California has actually done a fantastic job, right? And it's paid by the almond growers, mm-hmm. but the Almond Board of California has done a fantastic job of just putting almonds in people's, like the front and center of people's minds, right? right? They've really, and, and, and almond, you know, it, it could be a combination of the Almond Board or people's dietary changes, but I mean, almonds have been on a fantastic wave. I mean, uh, just, if you just look at this year, okay, we're going to have a larger crop than we had last year. By how much? I can't tell you, right? right? But on average, the price is 30 cents higher. Right, so you can have a larger crop and you can have a higher price. Right, in what commodity does that happen? Well, especially with the strong dollar. Yeah, you know you have a lot of exports and, and trade wars. Right, right. So you got a trade issue in China. You know you have a strong dollar compared to the euro and almost every currency. You know, um, and and right now you're shipping seven percent more almonds than you shipped this time last year, and you have a bigger crop and a higher price. How does that happen? Right. I, I think one of the biggest advantages that California has right now is that we produce 80% of the world's supply. Yeah. I mean, you, you, again, I, I challenge you to tell me what other agricultural commodity has that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see it in tomatoes. You know, my family's big in the dairy business. And you look back over the years and like tomatoes, I feel like the price of seed, plants, Fertilizer, labor, everything's risen, but we're not getting it reflected in the in price. In the price of, yeah. yeah. Dairy, there's no doubt. I mean, you're talking people who work, I feel like. 30 hours a day. They deserve more than anybody, but. When you only re- got paid on effort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you take the reflected price of the feed, um, labor, everything, you know, and, and you put it where. The price has been, you know, the only thing that seems to stay trending is the almond or the pistachio price. Right. That is just beating the inflation mm-hmm. day in and day out, right? That costs don't seem to, cost always matter. But it seems like the price is beating cost right. at all times. And because I'm a numbers type of guy, everything comes down to ratios. It, like, it's just weird things. My grandfather taught me 
if the price of alfalfa is this, this is what the price of milk should be. If the price of you got to not grow alfalfa and grow corn, you know, just different ratios. And the only thing that seems to continuously stay stable is the price of almonds with the price of input cost. Right. It's just that. So you're saying as input costs go up, you've usually seen a correlated increased price of almonds. It's just keeping a great, uh, a balance that just doesn't seem realistic at times. Yeah. But then when I walk into the store, I see more almonds there. Mm-hmm. It's like just moved up in the chain again. You know, like it just, people love them. Well, just and, think, just think when we were kids, you know, it was all peanuts. Everything yeah. was peanuts. Yeah. yeah that's you right. know, I mean, you, you might get the planters mixed thing where you get some cashews in there or whatever. But peanuts is still pretty popular, but almonds is the new peanut. You know, I mean, maybe not the new peanut. Almonds is become, in my mind, maybe it's because we're in California, we're almond growers. But in my mind, almonds are in more things than peanuts are. They're more diverse. They're more um, flexible as far as what you use them for, like ingredients, yeah. flowers, well, and those things. But, but almonds, almonds are cannibalizing different markets, right? Almond butter has somewhat cannibalized peanut butter. Almond milk has somewhat cannibalized and maybe not somewhat, but quite a bit, cannibalize the dairy industry. Right. Right? I mean, it's a product that is like stable, right? Mm-hmm. We can hold it for two years. It's not like a tomato where you got to sell it now. It's like a, like a table grape that you got to sell it now or else it's going to go bad. It's not, you know? So so almonds almonds have been um, like a, a platform that people can just, like, like I said earlier, you can they're manufacturable, they're malleable, right? They have a good shelf life. And when California wants to sell almonds, they just change the price and we move the almonds. Every year we sell the entire crop. Right. Every year. And it's a, it's, a, it's a matter of price. But the fact is we can adjust the price and there's the demand for almonds so you can sell the entire inventory. Everybody, you know, again, I always stay back to the dairy because that's what I grew up with. I love it. I love it. I'm, my family's in it. They're, but everybody always says, well, the price is going to fall. I said, if you lower the price of almonds down to a dollar seventy to two bucks, which is still profitable unless you paid forty five thousand dollars for ground, which some did, yeah, <laughs> yeah but let, let's yeah. put it that way: we will no longer have inventory. Say, no pe- inventory, peanut butter. I mean, people will just gobble them up. Well, it goes back to his point about the cashew substitute thing. If if almonds drop to a certain level now, it'll start substituting with lower level products, and then. Like you said, consumption will increase, and then now will be will there be a short? There will be a shortage, and, and, and next year we'll sell prices higher. We'll right. sell almonds at a higher price, right? You know, it's it, it really is amazing. Again, when I look at the the macro picture of it, we're gonna have a bigger crop this year, but we're selling our almonds at thirty cents higher. I just uh, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, you know, it really is. It's been it's been a really cool uh, journey to be on for myself. Are you a farmer looking for topping services? Tree Barber focuses in mechanical topping, hedging, and custom spreading. They cater to farmers' needs throughout the Central Valley. Find them at treebarberllc.com or 559-363-3315 for more detailed information. Talk about your journey. I know your parents. You have fabulous parents. I've seen where you started at the almond company in the shipping department in the shipping department <laughs> you bottom. sat in a corner yeah 
and you've moved your way up. You you've done things that maybe young guys aren't willing to do, which is go to London. Tut, give us a a brief deal of where you've lived in life, what your dad's done. I, I think you got an amazing family. You just got married. Exciting stuff for you. So yep. give it, give us a brief summary. Why you are where you are, I guess maybe my wife had some input on that. All of the input. <laughs> Alex, everything always seems Shout to Shout out to Alex. Yeah. Um, the real boss. Yeah, but, pretty uh, sure. Give us a yeah. real... Uh, so, so, so I'm 30 years old. Uh, Stephanie, happy birthday. Yeah, she happy, just turned happy birthday, Stephanie. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm 30. Uh, the Central Valley has really always been, or California has always been my life. Um, I was born in Bakersfield. Um, and we lived there for a while. My dad has managed um, table grape vineyards for uh, about 35, 40 years now, always in the production side of ag. Um, I always grew up working on the farm. It was pruning vines, tying canes, you know, uh, picking grapes, weighing boxes, um, you know, so always doing manual labor, always loved being outside on the farm. So, so ag is deeply kind of rooted in know my upbringing um and uh kind of how i understood what work was right work was physical work was you know getting out there and being dirty so i've always enjoyed enjoyed that side uh, at a young age basically i was in the fourth grade uh we moved from uh palm springs to cairo egypt and we lived there for four years so from 2000 to 2004 i moved back basically when i was a, a freshman in high school my dad was uh, working on a uh, ag project uh, in the desert with a couple investors. Um, and uh, that experience of living in Egypt really just sparked something inside of me that I wanted to live overseas. I wanted to be in ag and I wanted to be in, somehow in ag with international business. Uh, I never really knew how that was going to fit for me. Um, and so then I ended up uh, going to college at Fresno State studying ag business and entrepreneurship. Um, and shout out to Fresno State. They have a fantastic entrepreneurship uh, program there. They have a mentor program that I was involved in. And uh, through that, I got introduced to the almond business. Um, and uh, in, a couple, in one of my ag business classes, I met uh, Alex Harris was her last name at the time. And uh, we started talking about you know the almond business. And we had a couple friends in common. And she said, you know, I'm like, you really need to meet my dad. So I said, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, she had my phone number. Next thing I know, this guy, Russell Harris, has called me. Hey, you need to come to Chowchilla. I want you to come and have lunch with me. You know, oh, okay, whatever. So I go over there and, you know, he's got lunch served. It's a small little kind of house office thing. And, you know, uh, you know, I have lunch and I meet Conrad Dillatore and meet Dave Bazaar. And, you know, uh, one of the comments Dave Bazaar made, who's you know, one of my biggest mentors now, is he said, you know, what the hell do we need a kid for that doesn't know shit? Right. We don't need this kid. You know, oh, okay, whatever. Take it on the chin. And, you know, so then, you know, uh, I talk with Harris for a while, I drive around, and then I meet him again. And two weeks after I graduated from college, I started working for the almond company. Um, and I started in the shipping and logistics department. So I understood kind of the documentation behind, you know, selling almond or uh, exporting almonds and kind of how you got paid. And I was in the shipping department for about a year. And there were so many times I wanted to quit. You know, Russell kept, you know, he called me to his office. He goes, look, Mike, you're starting at the bottom, but I want you to learn kind of all the jobs that kind of, you know, that go along in this business. So you can have a, have an understanding of things. And so I'd go work in the plant a little bit. Um, and then I started to, and then I moved over into the sales division and I started working directly under Dave and Dave is a, uh, excellent teacher. 
right? Dave has all the patience in the world. He's been in the industry for 25 years. Um, and uh, also a good friend of mine. Yeah. Laser. Great friend. Great guy. He acts like he's 15, but he's about 63. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so at, one, at some point, I've been, I've been in sales for a little while. I did a little bit of traveling. And then Russell came into the office one day and said, do you want to move to London? And I was like, without hesitation, I said, yes. When am I going to go? Um, and, uh, that was kind of what really gave me a lot of experience. So, uh, I ended up moving to, uh, to London. I lived there for two years. We set up a sales office. Uh, there's about 14 people now who work in that office. Uh, and, uh, their job is to basically take us direct to customers within Europe, the Middle East, India, China. Um, and it actually has differentiated us in my opinion, quite a bit from our competition because I got people who speak German, French, Spanish. I can take payments in euros. I can deliver almonds directly into, you know, a German facility in the middle of nowhere, you know, uh, which most California packers don't have the ability to do. Um, And uh, that was just one of the coolest experiences um, as a young professional to have kind of living on your own. I, I sold my car. I, you know, ditched my house that I had here, you know, and I live by myself kind of is somewhat in isolation, but it really allowed me to focus right on a craft, mm. right? Understand almond sales, trading, marketing, right? Understand the customers, right? Help build a customer base that was a lot different than what we had had in the past, right? We'd usually done business through other channels and, and this allowed me to kind of, you know, develop a little bit of a different insight, um, so then I, I actually met my future wife in London um, and and about a year into it, I, we decided, okay, you know, how's Mike going to end up coming home, you know? And I've You're got, not. And I, yeah, exactly. And I've got <laughs> this, and I've got this girlfriend that's living in California. I'm living in London. So eventually I move home. Uh, I've been home now for about two years uh, and I ended up marrying the girlfriend at the time. Um, and it's just been, uh, it's just been a lot of fun ever since. So just, it was just, it was a great experience for me. Hey, so I got to go see Mike, like, I think it was a month after you moved to London. Must have been. Yeah. He was living out of a hotel for a while until he found a house. And that um, wasn't the best experience. Yeah. Um, real quick, touch base on how, because one thing at the Ag Center I'm kind of proud about here is it's a lot of youth. Yeah. You get to see it's it's a lot of young guys doing uh, and ladies. Of course, I always forget. <laughs> we're all on the same playing field, but uh, one thing I've always heard from you know what you're doing is you you've kind of ruffled feathers being a little younger. And how how's that been with you know guys who are in the industry for such a long time the brokerage way the almonds used to work and now you're a young guy trying to change direction how's people adapted to that with you and you well, know i i think as a as a california um packer okay i think there there, there can be since since you control 80% of the world's almond supply a lot of california packers can develop an ego right where i'm in control Right, it's all about me. I I dictate things to you, um, and I know better. Uh, I've tried not to have that um, mentality, 
because I am so young and there's people who've been in this industry for 40 years who know so much more than I do. Mm-hmm. And will, you know, I mean, they and they've seen so many different movements and price and things like that, that I've never experienced myself. Right. So, um, I think, I think just listening to people, um, and taking their advice to heart, um, has, has been, um, has, has been very helpful. Um, but I also think that, you know, we are taking a different path, right? We have decided that, we're going to blaze this trail. Um, and I think you just have to be committed to it. Right. You know, it comes at a cost. It comes at, you know, people being mad. I've had people scream and shout at me down the phone, you know, you know, because, you know, their livelihood is going to change because we're doing what we are doing. Um, and you just have to believe that what you're doing is kind of the way of the future for yourself, you know, and you just have to be committed to it. Right. You know, I think, and I think, and I, and you're going to get bumped and bruised and, you know, spit at, but kind of just is the way it is. Right. Just real quick, you know, I know you were sent to London. You had to develop a company, right? A lot of young guys are trying to develop things. Is there any time in that two-year period, of course, you're going to have highs and lows, and now it seems like it's really successful, going great. You have people over there. You put the people in place. So sometimes you forget about it. But going back and looking in those two years, is there a time where you're just like, what am I doing here? Uh, right before we pulled the trigger to really kind of make the decision of what we were going to do, there was a lot of, um, you know, it wasn't just me. It was, you know, the the upper level management at the company. It was ownership, you know, just thinking, okay, how's this going to affect us? Right. There was a, there was a lot of soul searching about, is this what we want to do? And, um, and after that, again, you just can't look back. You just got to do your, you're committed. You're committed to the path that you've chosen. You can always change it, but I just think, I think what's made us successful is that we've just put, put all of our focus in it you know yeah I, that's i mean i think there's a you know this whole podcast is is driven to hopefully influence people young people and just people in general in ag and i think the a lesson that i want to reiterate that you just said in your story is there's a couple of things one you're humble enough to go start at zero with an opportunity you saw an opportunity with the almond company with russell and then you were able to you were willing to start at zero and all those times you wanted to quit, you didn't. So that's number one, right? Be humble enough to go take a risk to be the peon, right? That's number one. The other one, when you moved to London, you know, you, what the type of example you make is you basically went all in on what you believed to love at the time, which ended up being what you do love now. So that could be a lesson to young people out there is, and I think that everybody here in this conversation has felt that at some point in a different stretch, Doug and I didn't move to London, but there's a time when you have to go all in and you have to take a little risk to grow and it has to, and there's going to be some discomfort and yours is extreme. You're alone, you know, time zones away, different day, you know, days and nights are different. So the lesson is just, you got to go all in and put your head down and take a risk to end up to be somewhere great. Right. You got a long way to go still. We all do, yeah. but you, now you've, you've done this awesome thing and disrupted the market of what it's usually, what it's supposed to have been, right? According to these brokers and stuff. And then along the way, you've learned a lot. And then as just a, as just a, uh, icing on the cake, you met your wife in the process. You know, that was so, pretty good. That's pretty awesome. You know, so the, the, the story here is, you know, you can't be afraid to take that risk and chase your dream to go do what you want to do by going all in. And it's not going to be comfortable. And I'm sure like Doug said, there's plenty of times you wanted to quit and say, what the hell am I doing? 
I think uh, that people listening today, regardless of age, they need to take that lesson that you just explained and, and take that to heart because that's, that's what it's all about. You know? And I think for me, when I first moved to the UK was, uh, you know, the first three months, right. That, and it's such a small percentage of the total time that I live there, but those are the most uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. that's when most people would want to quit. Right. And that's when I want it. Like, oh man, this is bad. You know, the weather's horrible. The food sucks. You, yeah. you know, like this, food uh, does suck, it's yeah. not the best. Right. right? I just, I, I, I want to be back home in California where it's sunny and I can eat tacos and, you know, enjoy a good life. But after that, you get used to it and you find the things that are just awesome in it. And after that, you don't look back. Right. Right. It, you just, now that's my life. Right. You know? No, it's great. Yeah. It's been, it's it was great. cool. So we're talking about um, everything Mike's done and Mike, fabulous. We, we want you to keep thriving and keep disrupting things and doing what you're doing. I'm proud of you. It's been a pleasure to be your friend. It's been a pleasure to watch you do that. I want to have you on again in our future podcast because you're a good talker. You're full of shit sometimes, but most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the sales is all about is right. You're a good person. You have a good, a good heart. And, you know, moving on to that is just a couple things is we are in ag because we are feeding the world. So what does Thanksgiving mean to you, Keith, in 30 seconds? Thanksgiving is looking at all the things you take for granted on a daily basis and realizing how lucky we are to have all those things, family, friends, opportunities in life, um, just being where we are and not being in a impoverished area and um, taking a step back and looking at those things that we might over, overlook on a daily basis. That's what I'm thankful for. Mike? Yeah, you know, I think, um, I think, first of all, being born in the United States is a huge advantage, mm-hmm. right? The fact that we can be here with so much opportunity, you know, with not a lot of political issues or, you know, uh, you know, a lot of corruption. I think that first of all, you just gotta be thankful that we live here. Mm-hmm. We live in America. We have a great country, no matter the politics and any of that, we have a fantastic system here. Right. Right. So first of all, I'm thankful for that. And then it's about family, right? For me, I'm developing my own family. You guys are also developing your guys as young families now, you know, um, and I, and I think that that, you know, that should be the focus, right? Mm-hmm. You know, thankful that we actually have good families, right. that we have people that are close to us, that love us, you know, and thankful that we're in this industry, right? We are in such a cool industry and it's so niche, right? It really, like globally, this is pretty small. Like what we're doing here in the Central Valley is pretty niche, pretty unique. And the fact that we can make good money living here and doing what we do is also unique. So that's what I'm thankful for. I'm also thankful to be here with you guys because I've been a huge supporter of this since the beginning. I used to ride around with Doug when he used to farm about 50 acres of tomatoes. Okay. He lost his ass farming spaghetti squash. Okay. I was in the car when he got the results. I was in the car when he made his first million dollars. So I'm just glad to be on the ride. Hell yeah. Um, thank you, Mike. Definitely I love you, not man. growing spaghetti squash again. Enjoy eating it, but not, uh, my thing is, you know, it's a joke, have you, you know, like, have you thanked a farmer today and stuff like that? But, you know, in this Merced County area where I see a lot of these guys, especially the dairymen, guys just go to grinding every day and really thankful for those people. They just give it, you know, and it's down, it's muddy. Today they're out 
unclogging drains, rain gutters. I I, I couldn't imagine because I'm not doing it right. like I used to. But they're out there. You know, tractors getting stopped because of the rain, and now they got to put in extra time. Why? Yeah, they need to make a living, but in the end, it's they're feeding this world. They're feeding us, and so really thankful for those people. Touching base, like Mike said, thankful for my family, my my, my wife, my kids, my parents. Um, it's a great time. We get to sit at our dinner tables and eat till we're full, and then we eat again. We're so lucky, right? And uh, so Thanksgiving is a special holiday. It becomes more special as you get older, I think, right? And uh, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And then next thing is the Ag Center is going to be at the uh, upcoming almond conference. We've been talking about almonds all day. In the last 30 minutes, um, we're fortunate enough to uh, going to have an event there, and I think on Wednesday, um, we're going to have some drinks there. Sponsored, sponsored by the Almond Company. Almond, Thank you. Right. Yeah, sponsored by the Almond Company. We appreciate their support. We appreciate the people there. Appreciate um, Russell Harris, Dave Bazaar, Mike Finn, their supporters here. They're all, they stop in just like we want everybody to stop in, but they make it a point to come visit us here and um, know what's going on. So we want them to come, people to come visit us there. Um, come check out what the Ag Center is doing. Talk to people at the Almond Company. I'm sure they're going to be there. And uh, we um, just want to thank everybody. Listen in. Um, we appreciate everybody who's listened to the past few toasts we've had and keep on listening. We hope. And if you have anything, you want us to talk about or interview you? We'll try that. So let's end with the toast as we always do. To uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to Heineken. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thank you guys. And uh, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Got a rodent problem that's costing you money? Caddyshack Rodent Service aims to reduce the population of gophers and squirrels in agriculture, commercial as well as residential. They eliminate rodent populations without using synthetic poisons. Contact Caddyshack Rodent Service at 559-363-3315 or check them out on their website at caddyshackrodentservice.com.